Praise the Lord. Praise King Jesus. The Lord is good and all the time. God is good and that is his nature. I'm excited to be with us today so we can study God's word together. Can we start with a word of prayer? We thank you, Heavenly Father, for bringing us to this place. Thank you for bringing us to your house so that you can speak to us, so that you can encourage us, so that you can rebuke us, so that we will be formed into the people that you want us to be. And as you open up your word this afternoon, I ask that you will speak through me to bring glory and honor only to your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we have over the past uh, Sundays been trying to help ourselves understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I want to pray that, um, I pray that God has been speaking to you as an individual with regard to what special gifting it is that you possess. And I pray that you've been asking God how to tag along, how to ensure that you function in your gifting. Now today our our reflection is in chapter 12, verses 12 to the end. And in this particular passage, Paul is going to over and over again be reminding us uh, that it is not so much the giftings that we have, but rather the intent for which God gives them to us. And so he's going to be going back and forth using the analogy of a body to help all of us understand the intent of God in gifting each one of us with these giftings. Now back to the Corinthian church. This was a church that was so gifted, so much so that the giftings uh, started causing division among them. Some people thought uh, that because some of the giftings were more dynamic and out there, uh, power gifts, they, they, they were more important than the other. But as we come to this particular passage, 12 to the end, Paul is going to help us understand a few things. Now, as Paul begins to talk in a passage that was read, he is trying to help us that behind these spiritual gifts is the essence or the heart with which God gives them to us. And so it is not so much so the gifting, but the intent or the purpose. And as we navigate, I pray that we are very careful not to make the error that the church at Corinth made by beginning to exalt a number of gifts. Because by the way, even towards the end in our passage, Paul also does lift, list for us a number of these gifts. Now, he makes four key statements that I would like to make reference to before I start. And the first statement is in verse 13, and it says, For we were all baptized into one body. Verse 13, we were all baptized into one body. The second statement that Paul makes is written for us in verse 18. So not only are we baptized in one body by one spirit, God has arranged the members of the body as he chose. In fact, the arrangement, not just of a physical body, but also the body of Christ, is not so because we have desired it to be like that. God has chosen. 
But number three, God has so composed the body that there may be no division, that the members may have the same care for one another. Verses 24 to 25. Baptized by one spirit into one body, uh, the members are arranged as God has chosen fit, but we are arranged in such a way that there should be no division and that we should care for one another. And lastly is the exhortation that Paul gives in verse 31. He calls us to want to desire higher gifts or greater give, gifts depending on what version you have. Now go with me to verse 12 to 13 of our passage. And it says, the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. The analogy of the body our physical body is going to help us a long way in understanding what Paul is talking about. And each one of us has a body. I, I want to be sure. Please touch your body so I'm sure there is, <laughs> there is one you're, you're having. But you realize that we are not just this body. Just as the, the Trinity, God exists in those three different ways, each one of us does and so it is good for you not to be deceived that your body is all there is. Your body is kind of your case. It is kind of housing you. It's like a housing for a phone. It is not just this that there is for a phone. So each one of us has a body. And interestingly, this body has parts. I have my head. I believe each one of you has your own head. I have my hands. Each one of us has their own hands. We have different parts of the body. Now, these different parts all work together to ensure that my body does the things it is supposed to do. If I woke up one day and my legs refused to get my other parts out of the body, where would I be? If I woke up and my legs say, today you're not going anywhere, I would be stuck there. So using our own physical bodies, these bodies have different parts, and each of the parts has a role that it carries out to ensure that the body stays intact or is coordinated. Paul uses that very analogy to help us understand that as the body is a unit, so is the body of Christ, which is the church. And he is clear in telling us, verses 12 and 13, that this body of Christ, the church, has Jesus as the head. Praise the Lord. Now, Jesus, the head, is the one in charge. Just like we get signals from the brain to do this and our nerves move about and our bodies, our butts get moving, him being the head gives instruction. And all these other body parts, you and I, are supposed to swing into action to carry out what our head has said. 
Now, as I talk about this many times, the head, Christ, and us, the body, are so disjointed that the head is calling us to do something and us, the parts, are doing something else. But it tells us just as the body is a unit with different parts, so is the body of Christ, the church. Each one of us is a member in this body of Christ, which is the church. And so because each one of us is a member, when we come to the knowledge of Christ and we become members, it doesn't seem to matter so much our tribal ranking. It doesn't even matter our economic status so muscle. No wonder he refers to the Jews and Gentiles, those that are free or slave. When we come to the knowledge of Christ, each one of us comes as a part to join so that this body will coordinate with its master, the head, so we move, so there is unity. And so it shouldn't be hard for us to say, I am the head, the head, the hand that has come from a Jewish background, and so I need my status as a Jewish hand. It shouldn't be hard like that. Now he continues in verse 14, but before he goes on, first uh, Colossians 1 and 18 alludes to the fact that Jesus is the head of this body, the church. He says, and he is the head of the body, which is the church. So Jesus is our head. We are the different parts that make up the body of Christ, which is the church. Now, what does it mean when Paul says we are the body of Christ? Is he referring to Christ's physical body? Remember the incarnation? He took on a body. Remember God coming to us? Is he referring to that physical body, which is now in an exalted form, seated at the right hand of God? What type of body is Paul talking about? Now, friends, the body is the means by which you and I interact with the world. And I remember I started by saying, I am not just my body. There is a spirit and soul to myself. But those two cannot interact with the physical world except through my body. I express the love I have for people through my body by being their feet, bringing the things they need, speaking encouragement to them. So you realize that bodies are very important. These physical ones, I use my body to communicate God's word, to interact with the people around me. Now, similarly, God uses us, the body of Christ, the church, to which you and I are members, to extend his interaction to the world. Now, he is not here with us in the physical form, but because you and I are part of this body, he will work in and through us so that the people around us get to have a touch of Jesus in their lives. Now, how does he do it? He does it through you and I. He does it through us who profess to be part of the body. And so, when people say Christ is here, he is in, indeed here because he's working in and through us to extend his kingdom to the world. 
Now, Paul in these two verses is trying to help us understand or get us to that point of what our functionality is, what our role is in this whole body. And I want to read again 13. He says in 13, For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit. We've been baptized by this one spirit. And remember that Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit work in unity. And because we've been baptized into this uh, spirit, there must be unity among us as parts that come to this body, which is the church. Now, looking at our physical bodies as examples, we all know that there is that system in us that causes our different parts to swing into action. And that is the nervous system. No wonder when your nerves begin to get trouble, you will have challenge hearing some of these things and you will lose some coordination. And so the Holy Spirit can be likened to the nervous system. When those nerves are down, you're likely not to get some signals. When there is no coordination, you're likely not to have your body move about. And so as a body of Christ, Paul is telling us we need the Holy Spirit for unity, for growth, in as much as we would need the nervous system for the proper function of our physical bodies. Now, in verses 14 to 16, and I want to read quickly, he says, Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm, I am not the eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. Paul is helping us understand, but also realize that in as much as I am part of this body of Christ, which is the church, I am not the only part there is. I am not the only part there is. There are other parts to this body. Now, many times as believers, we, we want to think that everything should resolve and rotate about us so much so that our absence or presence should be felt. And at times we do that intentionally. If it is the band, you'd want to miss about so your, your absence or presence is felt. But you know what? You are not just that one part of the body. Paul wants us to appreciate our own part, but also realize we are not alone in this body. They are equally other parts that come together so that there is unity in this body. Now, that realization of I'm not just the only part, they are other parts, should cause us to not just think about our roles in this body, but also to appreciate that we ought to live life like that. This body has many parts that need to come together and live together in unity. And so do not say, I am more important, the other isn't. 
And that, that was the trouble at Corinth in terms of the giftings, putting the body parts aside. If you spoke in tongues, you, you felt more important because of the dynamism. If you were involved in healing, you kind of felt more important. Paul is helping us understand that there is a part that you need to play. There is equally another person's part. And so the quicker you realize that and see how to coexist and live together as parts of the same body, the better for you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You are not just alone in this body. There are other parts. And the beauty is in as much as God has gifted you as a part of this body, he has equally gifted other people. And so each one of us comes to this body with our special gifting to bring together so that the body will thrive as we go about extending God's world to the people that have not yet accepted him. Now, unfortunately, in the body of believers, like it was at Corinth, there is a tendency for us to want to promote certain giftings or individuals and demote others based on what we think is their importance. But Paul makes it clear that when we pass judgment on the importance of people and giftings, we are kind of doing that to God. Why? Because the scripture is telling us it is actually God that intended that each part is made the way it is. It is actually God that intended each person comes with the gifting that they have. And so when you begin to kind of arrange and say this one is more superior, the other is not, you are denying the fact that it is God that chose these different parts to fit in the way he actually chose him for the purpose for which he actually chose you're beginning to judge God's creativity in crafting each one of us the way that he has arranged us. But also in between this text, these lines, there are thoughts and feelings of many of us. Many times we acknowledge you are not just alone. There are other people. Each one of you is gifted. But you want to feel like or you feel like your gifting is not good enough. You want to take up a role that God has not given you to take up. And you see these giftings are given to us in such a way that they will enable us to take on certain roles in this body. And so some of us are saying, you know what, God, I know I am probably created to be the nose, but I am tired of these smelling things. I want to be the eyes. I want to see. We tend not to be content with the giftings that God has given us. Probably because some of them are service gifts and you do not seem to get a lot of attention. Probably because some of them are administrative and as you do the groundwork, people don't seem to see that and appreciate it. We tend to get to that point of, I am not part of this body. I would rather be better if I was carrying out this particular function. But you see, the question Paul asks us in verse 17 is if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? 
If the whole body were unhear, where would the sense of smell be? For those of us that want to take on other giftings or roles in the body that we think are more atten- attracting of attention. So Paul is helping us understand that God has given us these giftings for a purpose. It is him that chose that, and so we need to come to terms with that and stop belittling ourselves and the giftings that God has given us. Each of our body parts, friends, is very, very important. Now, you might not realize that until when you go to the doctor and he will point out that your pancreas has a challenge. Some of us don't even know we have that particular thing in our bodies. It is a very small thing but carries out a tremendous work. The day the doctor will say it is beginning to malfunction, you will fail to digest food and before we know it, you have changed address. So each part is very important. Praise the Lord. Each part is very important. And I want to believe why Paul clearly mentions this again is because there were some that they thought these are good to want, the other are not, these are honorable, the others are not. Paul helps us understand. Each part is very important because each part has a place or role that it carries out. And so he says, my brothers at Corinth, do not desire to be everything. Go to God and find out what gifting he has given you and ask him for grace to function in that gift because the body needs that function. Stop saying, I would want to be the head, I would want to be the nose, I would want to be the leg. Imagine if all of us were evangelists. Imagine if all of us were teachers. I mean, imagine if all of us were prophets seated here, each with a word from God to give. Imagine if each of us were gifted in administration. Imagine how, imagine the monotony and the boredom that would be in this body. But God in his wisdom knew that each part will be required and he gifted us the way he did. Imagine if your whole body was just a big hand. Imagine, imagine that. And so may God help us appreciate that as parts of the same body, each one of us is different, uniquely gifted, and yet each of us has a role we need to play in terms of the growth, but also the unity of this body. Now in verses 20, Paul is telling us, I'll take it from 19. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. You cannot carry out the function of the head when you're not the head. The hands cannot equally carry out the function of the eyes. And it clearly says that in verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. Because each one of us has a different gifting that we bring to table. We need each other. We need each other. Your eyes can be able to see 20, 50 years from now. 
but it will take your hands and legs to help you work at getting there. And so you cannot say, I do not need my other parts. We need each other in the body of Christ. And he goes into that debate of wanting to um, arrange giftings and abilities based on uh, what people think is more important. But as he comes to verse 24b, he says, but... God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Friends, Paul says that the body was created in such a way that functionality, that its, its functionality should have no division. The nervous system, the eyes, and every part of our body coordinates so that there is no division. In fact, each of the parts should be taking care of the other. There should be equal concern with regard to us as a body of believers. I was talking to my friends in the morning in the teens church and I made mention of something I want to boldly mention here. Now, I do not know if it applies to the big men this side also, uh, but there is a tendency at times uh, when we were growing up, I know some of us still do that, uh, mommy or your wife would say, uh, please go and have a bath and you would, um, uh, you would prefer to only have certain parts of your body washed and then you will go back and give the impression that you've had eh? married men, praise the Lord. <laughs> As we take care of our physical bodies, when you go into that bathroom to have a bath, you will wash your head, you will scrub your back, you will wash your legs. You would want to ensure that the dirt is out. And the women are good at this. They will take their time. First towels, what? They, they, some, of, some of them have actually about three or four towels. The first one, the second, and the last one, which is white, just to ensure the body is clean. Friends, we, are, we can all relate to how we take care of our physical bodies. But also... Those days as you played about in the village without shoes, there would be days you would stumble on a nail. And the pain in that leg, for many of us, would even give you a headache. The injury is in the leg, but you would feel like the whole body, the whole body is in pain. I know of ladies that will prepare nice food for their husbands and as they are doing that, they'll have a simple cut and there'll be trouble in the house because of this cut has brought damage to the whole body. I am in pain. So Paul is helping us understand that as we relate our physical bodies in terms of taking care of them, in terms of when there is pain and hurt in one part, that is exactly what happens to us as a spiritual body, as a body of Christ. When one of us is in pain, ideally, the whole body should be in pain. 
The whole body should be in pain. But as I reflected about this, I asked myself, why, why is it that at times in the body of Christ, when we see one member honored, we don't seem to rejoice at times? At times we get jealous. Why is it that when one member is hurting, we all do not rush to that member to minister comfort? And you see the Lord clearly says, because at times we lack concern. And we lack this concern because we think it is not us hurting, it is them. Let them deal with their heart and pain. Why don't we treat one another with that same care and concern that we should actually be treating one another with because we are ideally members of the same body? And Paul seems to be mentioning this in passing, but it is very, very important. You actually realize now that it is not just the giftings that these people have. There is a problem that is deeper than the gifting and the exercising of the giftings that they have. There is an idea of selfishness and lack of concern for other people that has gone now into their exercising of the giftings that they do have. Paul says, as members of the same body of Jesus Christ, aware that each one of us is gifted differently, aware that each one of us has a role to play in advancing this body, we should be concerned about each part. Because if each part is failing or not delivering, the impact will be felt by all of us. If one part is hurting, the entire body is in trouble. And so Paul says, 27, you are the body of Christ and each of you is a part of it. So why are you so concerned about which gift is superior and which one isn't? Now in these concluding verses, he now helps us understand that as we come together as a body of Christ, as a church, it doesn't seem to matter so much so the kind of gifting that you have. In fact, our coming together as a body of Christ is known for us to showcase our roles and want to feel sweet and good about them. We primarily come together as a body so we can encourage one another, so we can be instructed by the word of God, so we can grow together. And that is why, friends, I believe Paul puts this list together. Because as you go through this list, it is as if some things have now changed. The tongues seem to be somewhere down. Because as we come together, it is ideally not personal edification. It is us as a body, we want to grow together. And what better way can we grow except if we are instructed or taught by the teachers of the word of God. And so Paul says from 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, 
second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I will show you the most excellent way. It is not so much the gifting, but the intent with which we are functioning in this gift. So Paul is saying the call is for us to work in unity as different parts, each with a different gifting, so we can rejoice together, so we can suffer together. Now you can ask yourself, what does Paul mean when he says eagerly desire greater gifts. What are those greater gifts? Isn't he now contradicting himself? When we gather together, Paul says some gifts are more important in order of functionality to help the body grow. Now, 1 Corinthians 14 verses 1, fast forward. He says, um, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Why is he now, as he transitions in 2.13 and 14, beginning to fall into the trap of wanting to categorize? He is not categorizing. As the body of Christ comes together, each of us different parts of this body, and Reverend Tendo did a good work teaching us about prophecy. It is speaking to the body of Christ a message from the Lord. What is the Lord saying? And so when we gather, that should be our concern. What is the Lord speaking to us as a body? What does he want us to do? Where does he want us to walk into? No wonder as it comes to verse 19 in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul is bold to make a statement, and this is the statement he makes. And I want to, to read from 18, 1 Corinthians, um, 1 Corinthians 14, 19. He says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Friends, the key word I want to bring out there is instruct instruct. When we come together, we are seeking for what God is saying to us. We are seeking a teaching instruction to be taught from the Lord. And that is very, very important. It is more important than us coming together to exercise these other power gifts. So Paul in this passage is helping us understand that Christ is the head we are the different parts of this body of Christ. And in as, as just as your own body parts have a function, as a part in the body of Christ, you have a function. Now, have you realized what that function is? Do you know what your role is in this body? Are you functioning it? We need to ensure that the body is progressing or you are saying, I have understood my function, but I prefer the other function. 
Friends, in this passage, Paul wants us to understand and appreciate our differences, bring together our giftings for the progress of this body. He wants us to offer care to each of us because ideally we are members of the same body. If one part is hurting, the entire body is in pain. But Paul also wants us to realize it is not so much so the giftings we have as different parts of this body. It is what is causing us to want to exercise in these giftings. And that is why he says, now I will show you the most excellent way as he comes to Chathatin. Because love should be that that drives us to function in our roles so that we minister to other people in the same body. It shouldn't be so much so that they will know I am gifted in this. They will know my muscle. It should be love that we draw from Jesus that would want to extend to other people that should cause us to carry out our roles in the body so that ultimately this body will grow to the glory and honor of God. And having taught them that love is the excellent way, he goes back again to this issue of gifts so that they can now properly understand it. I pray for myself as I pray for you that God will take me to that point of asking myself, in this body where you are head, Lord Jesus, what is it that you're calling me to do? What is my role? What gift have you gifted me with that can help me function in this role so that there is unity? But I also pray that as I come to appreciate my special role, God will open up my eyes to the different roles that each one of you have and that together we will come and build the body, not thinking so much so that any of us is important, but that we want to do that to the glory and honor of God. Just as the body is a unit, each with a different function, so are we friends. Each of us has a role that God wants us to discover, function in it, and bring glory and honor to him. And so the debate shouldn't be, God, I want to be the nose when you're called to be the mouth. Even if the nose woke up and said, today I want to chew this food down your throat, friends, that will not come to pass. Because it has not been wired to carry out that function. May God open our eyes to the things he wants us to do. May he give us grace not to belittle our function because we think it is not trendy or loved or yearned for. But may we appreciate our roles, function in them so that there will be unity in the body of Jesus Christ, our Lord. But most importantly, the need for us to follow the leading of the head. Jesus is the head. He is in charge. We do what he calls us to do. In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We, we want to thank you, Lord, because you, you have loved us so much that you have called us, even us that do not deserve, to come and be a part of your body, to come and be a part of your kingdom. Lord, you have extended grace to us that you have gifted us differently 
so that as we come to this body to which you are the head, we will be able to render service and function to the glory and honor of your name. Now, Lord, we want to bring repentance to you because many times we, we have felt like we are not properly equipped. We have felt like at times our giftings do not measure up. And so we have often had feelings or thoughts of, I wish I were like so and so. Probably I would be functioning better. Thank you, Lord, for opening our eyes to the fact that each of our parts is important and each of our giftings is equally important. For those of us that have not yet discovered our giftings, I pray, Spirit of the living God, that you will speak to us, that you will show us what these giftings are and that you will give us grace to function in them. As members of the same body, help us, Lord, not to be selfish, but to be concerned about the concerns of other people in this very body. Help us look out for our friends in the body, fellow members of the body that might be hurting those that might be going through suffering and pain. Help us be there for them. Help us reach out to them. But also, Lord, as parts of the same body, members of which we are part are rejoicing, Give us grace and boldness to rejoice with them also because they are equally members of the same body. We pray, Lord, that as the body has been wired to function in unity, you will draw each one of us members of your body to function in unity to the glory and honor of your name. And as we take time off, Lord, to bring each of our friends to you in prayer, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, King of glory. Be genuinely concerned about our friends. In Jesus' name we pray. Now, friends, in light of the spirit of being concerned, I want to pray that you will probably walk to someone or the person seated close to you. And I would love us to have a time of prayer before God this evening, but specifically for that person. You can turn to your, to your neighbor and ask them what their need is, what their concern is, where they are at in life, and please stand with them in prayer. Please do stand with them in prayer. Please do walk to someone if you're seated alone. Draw close to someone. And let us be concerned. Let us bring what it is that is troubling them to the Lord in prayer, let us take them to God. And friends, as, as, as we pray, I would also request that we, we go before God and ask for pardon as a body of Christ because many times it is actually us members of this body that have worked tooth and nail to, to bring down fellow members. It is us that have brought the heart in this entire body because of our own selfish desires. And so will you go before God as a person and ask that the Lord will have mercy on us, that the Lord will cleanse us, that the Lord will give us the grace to indeed walk as members of the same body, members that care so much 
for each other's needs. But also in the same spirit, one of us, our prince lost his dad. Um, I want to pray that we stretch our hands over the wife and we, we simply bring that family to the Lord in prayer that as they go through this difficult time, that the Lord will minister to them, that the Lord will, that his presence will be felt in this difficult time. The Lord will raise the Gonahasa family to you in the name of Jesus, that in a time as this difficult, it, it, it is at a loss of a loved one, that Lord, in your own way, you will minister to them, that, Lord, you will minister comfort and encouragement. That, Lord, your hand of providence will be felt. That, Lord, you will draw many of us members of the same body to stand with them. That, Lord, you will help us offer a shoulder to cry on, to offer encouragement. That most importantly, Lord, that this season trying as it may be, will be a season that you will draw many of that family to yourself. Only for your glory, Lord. Only for your glory. And so for whatever arrangements there is, we pray, Lord, that your presence will be evident. That, Lord, you will show yourself great on their behalf. And also for many of us that have lost loved ones and for those that could be sick and ailing, we remember to bring them to you in prayer. Your word tells us that your hand is not too short to save. Your very word also reminds us that healing is food for your children. And so, Lord, we raise our families, our friends to you, that, Lord, you will remember mercies on them. Will you minister to each one of us? Will you find us? at the place that each one of us is at. And may we not miss you as you pass by. May we not miss you, Lord. May we tap into that that you're doing among us this season of our lives. To the glory and honor of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.